Chapter 8 Fatherland Our last full day in Ireland, I planned a five-hour drive from the Dingle Diamond to the Hill of Tara. It seemed a stretch to take this on before a transatlantic flight and essential at the same time. Tara is the name of one of my most beloved godchildren. As well, this hill was a significant site of St. Bridget, my chosen confirmation name, you might recall, at age 12. It was there she had been confirmed in her role, seemingly a ceremonial mistake as a bishop. Ha! In reading more about the place, I learned it was there that her prayer to heal the war between the god, the god, and the goddess was seated. This intention was one I had been living, it seems, since birth. This message was embedded as well in the dolphin legend's invocation of waterways. This call for the feminine to be respected, to be honored, was key to our future. Arriving there late in the day, many visitors were leaving, especially as the cold wind and rain was threatening. I walked up the hill with wind, and after a brief time there, we separated. He was called below to the cafe. He and I knew that I had more to do on the hill. Clearly, the call came to walk the circumference of the site. As I began, the prayers and the songs came with the wind and the rain. The force of it was such that as I circled on, everyone else left. And I found myself alone in the good company of my ancestors. By the time I returned to the summit, I had come across an enchanted forest, prayer ties on sacred trees, the site of sacred wells, and views of other burial mounds not so far in the distance. More importantly for me, my prayers inside had moved through and around with the terrain, culminating again in one so simple, needing to be spoken anew. May I honor my father. May I honor the father and let go of the fight, the grief, the anger, the rage, the remnants yet ever returning, the pain of patriarchy. May I forgive, learn, heal, love, and be part of the union, communion of the masculine, the feminine, the god and the goddess. May I join with the other of any and all genders, beyond gender, beyond human boundaries, boxes, names, ranks, roles, and move as part of nature, discovering our place within the whole. Something like that came in my thoughts, in words, in song. It was not new, and yet somehow it was. For it was here, this day, this way, this place, that I actually felt the prayer could come true and be so. As I let go of the king, 
I had opened to the great love it might bring. I then remembered 23 years earlier a similar prayer at a sacred site of the horse near Avebury related to my mother, a final freeing myself from the kind of woman and the kind of marriages my culture had created. A forgiveness, an opening and trust that I could create marriage in a new way had arrived. And so I said yes a year after that to marrying for the first time at age 54. And so today at the Hill of Tara, I said yes again to marriage, to be part of marrying two aspects, two ways of worship, of living, of loving. This was my time to forgive my father as well as the father, even the patriarchy, a time to truly make peace. Somehow, yes, again, in a pretty innocent state, personal and planetary prayers had come. Only after landing back on Turtle Island the next day did I realize that Sunday had been Father's Day, at least in the U.S., if not worldwide. Father's Day, I then remembered too, was the anniversary of my father's death. The influence connection with human history is powerful, real, and present in me, now after this journey in Ireland even more. Now, our last day in Ireland, standing in a stone monument and mound, a burial and ceremonial ground, architecturally designed in such a way that cannot help but expand consciousness. Older than Stonehenge, older than the pyramids, rock art with spirals of life that inspire me to carry on. I am humbled. I feel small in such a story of earth culture, and I am happy for this. It is so not up to me to save the world and the spirit of being a simple channel, a listener for my part, is yet again confirmed. Only one day in our visit did we make it to a huge beach to walk and be close to the ocean. Here on the westernmost tip of Ireland, Many believe my ancestor, St. Brendan, left in a small leather craft and landed in Newfoundland long before Columbus, Newfoundland, not to discover America, but to follow his calling, his dream, his prayer, St. Brendan. How that all unfolded with the peoples already there, we do not know. But somehow, I actually imagine it went well. Peoples have been moving and migrating since the beginning of time, along with those who grew up and out of one place, as the Hopi say. I have to believe that there were some good stories along the way, as well as the hard ones many more are coming to know and own. As I will never know the all of it, I bear witness to the history 
of past and present colonization and keep the story of essential migrations in my heart as I feel it in my bones. That day, a kilometer down the beach, we passed a car way out from any car park. Although they were permitted to be there in Ireland, this one looked particularly out of place. I changed my bearings and walked over to investigate. Sure enough, it was quite stuck, front tires buried deep in the sand, and two women were sitting there for an hour, they said. They hoped for someone who had promised to find a farmer with a tractor. With no one in sight, I offered to help and felt certain that we together could find the way out. I called Winover and recruited a young father and his little daughter to join in as well. We all got engaged, two German women, an American couple, an Irish family, building a pathway with small stones, digging the tires free. They all agreed I should drive, and after a week being ill from a tick bite, I felt my energy return. We freed the car. We lifted spirits. We heard the stories of each on the team for the next hour. Beautiful connections as well with the children. When the farmer finally arrived, rather than being disappointed at wasted time, he was thrilled. As we all headed back to the car park, we found yet another car in need of help, and he was happy to be on call for another successful rescue. Later, as I told this story, we were told that it was D-Day. Remember D-Day, World War II? Germans, Irish, and Americans had been on the beach together. We learned of German planes that had crashed into Mount Brendan at our backs and how the farmers had found and taken in the survivors, their enemies how the pilots had ended up staying and marrying the Irish women. How often do these stories get told or heard? Having begun this visit to Ireland with an overwhelmed by historical war, Christianity, and alcohol, I felt gifted by these last days, by the balance of grace, kindness, connection, human heart presence. I knew this was in these people, these lands, German, Irish, all the way back to Neanderthal. The ceremonies, the art, the ingenuity in the ancient ones, alongside that brutality, rape, and massacres. The goddess and the earth-cherishing roots, as well as the sun god and patriarchy, different, Extremely different ways of knowing, living, or loving, as extreme as the landscape I was in. All of it, peace and war, creation and destruction, over thousands and thousands of years. My small brain could barely contain the facts, the legends, the art, the reality. My heart, however, had room for the magic the mystery, the medicine of what we had been privileged to do, to be, 
to see, to experience. I woke the last morning feeling the biggest privilege of all was to be woken each day to the sound of birds. So many crows here. Aware of how many in this world wake to city sounds, if not war sounds, I took note. I felt deep gratitude, a feeling I do not take for granted. That is, for me, the most essential feeling to have. For whenever it disappears, which at times it does, that's when fear seeps in. As the extinction illness spreads, I wonder what a world would be like without birds. <laughs>